Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 96. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us today a gentleman by the name of Matt Terrio, and he has quite the interesting life story, life experience, and I'm really excited for him to share that with you guys today, to inspire you to take action, to inspire you even when you think it's too hard or you're starting with nothing. He is here to get your mind right and encourage you to get going. So with that, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Holly. Appreciate it being here. <laughs> so glad you're here. Well, why don't you start by giving our listeners your backstory, your background, and how you got started sure. in real estate investing. Gosh, so with us just having met, you kind of nailed it right there with the intro. <laughs> um, I, uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I spent the next 15 years of my life in the music business and did really well for myself. And um, there was one day where everything just got kind of turned upside down. The whole industry got turned upside down and it really came down to how people consume music. The, uh, the advent and the emergence of the digital download came along and in about six months, it put us out of business and, uh, I filed bankruptcy. I got divorced. I had lung cancer No, I didn't have the lung cancer, but it just always makes the story. <laughs> no, I just, I kind of say that. And I've never even ever said that before. I was just inspired to say, it cause as I was sharing this with you, it sounded very, so cliche. Like I just went and crashed and burned so hard and you know, everyone's got those stories, but, but that was my story. And at the age of 34, I ended up bagging groceries. I had just had a seven figure year the previous year and I was working for $7 an hour. And that was a very humbling experience to say the least. Oh my gosh. How did you, what made you even want to go apply for that job? And what did you put on the application? Um, salary, a previous job or whatever, like how, right. how weird. I mean, how yeah, do you, well, I wouldn't want to hire you if I was a grocery store manager. Mike, if this guy made that much money, no way is he going to stick around. Right. Let me just say that wasn't my first choice. <laughs> Probably went through, I don't know a couple dozen uh, job submissions and interviews before I ended up there. And fortunately, the grocery workers were on strike at the moment. So they really just needed somebody that could fog a mirror, so to speak. And so uh, I was like, I'm your guy. Here I come. And uh, so it actually turned out to be a real blessing in hindsight because the, uh, the store manager, because I mean, that came out of the music business. That was my plan A. I didn't have a plan B. I had no idea what else I was going to do. And uh, me being 34, this grocery store manager was 34. And so we had that in common. And uh, considering all of my coworkers were 16 years old and 17 years old. <laughs> Half your age, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I needed somebody to talk to. But uh, he had been there since he was 16 himself. So he's only two years away from collecting his pension. And he shared with me one day, he said, look what I've done. I'm two years away from retirement. I'm going to be 36 years old. I'll collect about 80% of my salary. And along the way, I've been able to purchase this half dozen apartment buildings over here. And he just kind of showed me how the cash flow from his apartment buildings was now exceeding what he was making at his full-time job. And in two years, now he's going to have his full pension or that 80% pension and the cash flow. And I was just like, wow, okay, I'm here looking around for what's going to be next for me. And uh, that sounds pretty good. And he gave me these, the, these words that I've, I've probably repeated at least a thousand times since. He had said, Matt, if you want your money back, if you want your lifestyle back, you know, 
you got to really look at real estate because it's the final frontier where the average person has a legitimate shot at creating real wealth. And uh, at that moment, I didn't know if it was true or not, but it really sounded good. So I decided that's what I would do. I knew I had to learn something over, I had to learn from scratch. So I really just focused on what was going to pay the most. And, uh, you know, I'd done sales before and I knew how commissions worked. And I was just like, well, if you're going to work for commission, you might as well work for big commissions and houses. That's, that seemed like the right thing. That was my logic. And so I, uh, went and that night I grabbed a bottle of wine, went home and got on the computer, started searching everything, real estate and stumbled upon an aunt that I had had. I hadn't seen her in probably 15 years, but she happened to be the number one real estate agent, just two cities over. I fired off an email. The next day we had lunch. And I think the next day I was enrolled in real estate school. And uh, so that's how I got here. So what city was that in? That was in, I was living in Palos Verdes at the time. Okay. And she was in Seal Beach. So just right over oh, the bridge yeah. over San Pedro. So yeah. for those of you that don't know, that's south of Los Angeles in California. And I actually lived in Palos Verdes when I was a young child. So. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Silver Spur Elementary School. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so um, housing yeah. prices are high in Palos Verdes compared to the rest of the nation, in case right. those of you listening don't know. So the commissions are good, right? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And, uh, but I went to work down in Seal Beach because those big zeros really scared me in Palos Verdes. Like, you know, I was like, I don't know, as long as I'm really going to trust me to sell a $2 million house, this is ridiculous. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. So the, the $600,000, $700,000 houses sound a little bit easier to start. I know that sounds kind of crazy to people across the country, but that was kind of like your, your blue collar middle of the road neighborhoods was six. Yeah. That's the first time buyer um, level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I went down there and worked for it with her for a couple of years and I got rookie of the year the first year, did better the next year. And then I was like, you know what? I think I can tackle these million dollar houses. So I moved back home and uh, removed my office back towards where I lived and uh, was an agent there for a couple of years. So where'd we go next? There was one day I was, it was a Saturday and I'd had a really good client Holly, you're an agent. Yeah, I saw the, yes, I am. I saw the Coldwell Banker Award behind you. So I was, oh, like, yep. There yep. it is. There it is. <laughs> right there in the frame. Nice. Congrats, by the way. Um, the, uh, there was one Saturday morning I was sitting and I had a client. It was a great client. And you might have clients like this. That's why I asked if you were an agent. But the type of clients that just give you repeat business over and over and over again, they'll just email you purchase agreements. They'll email you listing agreements. And this actually was faxing back then. Um, but they would send those over. And uh, I just loved that client. And it was a Saturday morning. I had a meeting with that client. And like 10.30 in the morning, I showed up in my suit and tie. I had all of his documents on my desk ready for his signature. He shows up, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes later or so in jeans and a t-shirt. He signed all of his documents and he took off for the weekend. And there I was, um, stuck there to hold his house open for the weekend. And I was just thinking about that grocery store manager when he had said, you know, this is where the, the final frontier is to create real wealth for the average person. I was like, you know what? I think if that's the case, I'm sitting on the wrong side of the desk is how I felt. And so I made a commitment and within 90 days, I was going to be, I was going to have the real estate agents in my office be representing me and my purchases and sales. That was kind of my, my big shift and where I became a real estate investor. Hmm. So still you were kind of 
you started in kind of the retail realtor world because that is mm -hmm. great money. Mm -hmm. And then you shifted over to the investor side after that, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. So where'd you go from there? All right. Well, um, there's this little book. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Not too many people have heard of it called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yes. The genesis of every real estate investor, right? right? <laughs> Jeez. I just, uh, when I, I do, we do our events, I just ask people to raise their hand. Um, I, don't, I used to ask, raise your hand if you've read the book. I just raise, raise your hand if you have not read the book and <laughs> you get the less participation. Anyway, um, I read that book and I just got introduced to the concept of passive income. I mean, I, I speak English. I can take the word passive and income and put them together. I can kind of figure out what it is. But I never really like thought about it as something to do or something to pursue. And uh, the idea of becoming financially independent by just getting your passive income, your monthly passive income to exceed your monthly expenses, that was just a, a huge shift for me. And the reason I think it was probably so attractive because the world had just spoken to me a few years before and told me what I was worth. They told me I was worth worthy of bagging groceries. <laughs> and I was like, I never, ever want to go back there again. So that was really appealing. It wasn't so much the, the pursuit of wealth and riches and, and the lifestyle anymore. It was more like I wanted to be independent and just have the option to say no when I wanted to say no. And so I did that. And, you know, in Southern California, it's really difficult to uh, cash flow properties. And, you know, once you do, you put so much money into it, you're almost at a negative ROI anyway. So with this program, I, I found a, a really good investing program. It was a national program. And they just, four times a year, they, they gave me the opportunity to work with the other students. So I built a lot of uh, relationships nationally. And that's when I was exposed to, oh my gosh, you can buy a house somewhere in this country for $50,000? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was like, and that thing's going to rent for $750? Let me think, let me do the quick calculation. Like, wow, I could get all my money back there in like three years with those types of deals. And so I started uh, investing out of state. So I'd fly back and forth a couple times a year and I built my teams and built a small little cash flowing portfolio. I found a, one investor that a portfolio of 35 properties in, in Illinois. And uh, I picked up all of those with seller financing terms. And, you know, in, in less than four years, I had done it. I had gotten my passive income to escape or to exceed my uh, monthly expenses. So I had essentially escaped, right? Escaped the rat race. Yes. I did. <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to more cliche at you, but uh, I was restraining, but um, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And you know what, from there, when your network, your friends and your family and your associates know that just a few years earlier, you know, you were bagging groceries and now they're like seeing me play golf on a Tuesday. You know, a lot of people started to scratch their head and then want to pick my brain and did a lot of lunches and coffees and how do you do this? And, you know, that's just where I kind of recognize, well, maybe, I could create a secondary income by actually teaching people how to do it as well. And so fast forward now, 12 years from then, um, I own and operate Epic Real Estate. There's three components to our business. The, we have a done for you solution, a done with you solution, and the how to do it yourself solution. And so we kind of uh, just took our knowledge and our information and kind of just packaged it up in, in three different ways of how we can help people. Cool. Well, thank you for taking us through the whole journey and how you got yeah. to where you are today. Exhausted. Are we done yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's exciting. No, I, I experienced something similar after my husband and I were having success. And one of my girlfriends came to me and said, 
so do you take investors? And I'm like, um, yes, I do. Let me go figure out how to do that. You know, but it's interesting when people see that you are having success, you will just naturally attract uh, investor money. And yep. that helps you do more deals. But it's always great if you figure out what you're doing first before you put other people's money, especially friends and family at risk. Absolutely. That's a stressful thing. Anyway, will you tell us about either your first deal or your first exciting deal? And then I'd love to hear about one where maybe you didn't do so well and you learned something instead of getting a financial payday, you got like a, oh, a lesson out of it. education out of it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, my first deal was in, uh, I, I was really fortunate to find good a, a good mentor and a good program. They're not around anymore, but I was really fortunate. I hear most people don't have so much luck that first time around, but I found a good one. And they had this saying inside of the, the, the curriculum called uh, move at the speed of instruction. So you had to move faster than your doubts, faster than your disbelief. And uh, they just take it one step at a time, go do it and come back and then check in and we'll take the next step. So there, that, First little strategy, I've had very minimal uh, money to work with at that moment. And they said, just drive around town, look for distressed houses, write down the address, and then we'll come back and we're going to contact the seller. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so I went around and my first day, I, I was driving down Newport Avenue in Long Beach. And I found a little dilapidated house and I wrote down the address and brought it back to my mentor. I said, now what? He says, now we're going to find the owner. So we did the title search, found the owner. And he said, I said, now what? He said, now we're going to call him. So we went and we called the owner. And he, I said, okay, now what? Well, now we're going to submit an offer. And so and I, that, that's where I stopped. I was like, but I don't have any money. <laughs> what do you mean? He goes, it doesn't matter. Travel as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll see further, was his big motto. motto. I was like, but I don't have any money. And he's like, don't worry about that part. Just submit the offer, get it accepted, get it under contract. So I did and they got accepted. And I said, like, okay, now smarty pants, what do we do now? <laughs> we don't have the money. And so he gave me this little system of, of and kind of just demonstrated, Matt, it's going to be so much easier to find the money. And it's kind of what you just said here as we were just talking. When people recognize you have a little bit of success, then all of a sudden this investor money comes, you know, crawling out of the woodwork. And it was very much like that. And he had said, um, but, but doing it with intent and, and yeah, just being intentional about it said, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your deal. I want you to go to this group and this group and this group this week. There's three different real estate investing meetings and this is what you're going to say. And he gave me a very specific, uh, framework to work from and what to say. And in the second meeting, someone came up and they said, I'll partner with you. And it was that quick and that easy. And, uh, you know, fortunately, that was one of the deals that went really well. And it was my first deal. So I was like, wow, this is easy peasy. I've been doing this wrong on the hard way for too darn long. And uh, but then it took me about eight months before I got my next deal. Do you remember the numbers at all of the first deal? What your purchase price, your ARB? Yeah. Was that a flip um, or was that an acquisition? It was a flip. It was okay. It was a single family residence that had been started the rehab. And I guess the, the previous investors had fallen. They ran out of money. That um, happens. Definitely that happens. <laughs> it does. And uh, so it was a single family. It was half torn down, but they had already pulled the plans and the permits from everything with the city to turn it into a fourplex, a big giant four unit. And wow. uh, that was like, that was the big golden, uh, I don't know what they call it, the diamond in the rough, I guess. 
Yeah. Because all the work with the city and all that time consuming work had already been completed. So we bought that for three twenty five, and I think we sold for seven fifty. And uh, for finding the deal, rather than getting a five hundred dollar finder's fee, I got uh, like twenty six thousand dollars out of that. So I think it was like a two hundred thousand dollar rehab of, of you know labor and, and materials. So it was kind of a, a big deal. And it was fun to just get my education that way, and also get a paycheck at the end of the day. And I really didn't have to do anything other than I got the deal under contract that's where I was able to bring in the value. So, Right. And for those beginners that are listening, I wouldn't recommend that you buy a deal like that to do on your own. Matt partnered with somebody. He brought the uh, deal to a mentor or, I mean, first to the mentor that then led you to your partner, the JV guy. And I'm assuming it was a guy. Was it a guy or a girl? It actually was a guy. So good guess. Mostly guys in this business. Very few of us. I didn't ladies. know you then, Holly. Huh? <laughs> I think you were way ahead of me. My first deal was not a fourplex. It was a little tiny single family in Moreno Valley, California. Mm-hmm. Started much lower than you. <laughs> but yeah, if you're a beginner, don't even expect that you can do that on your own. But find someone to partner with that has the experience because that's a, that's a big deal. So, well, that's yeah. awesome. It's always yeah. great when your first one goes well because it launches you and excites mm-hmm. you to keep going rather than quitting, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Not that you seem like a quitter, not at all. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was getting close because it took me about eight months before I got my next deal. Mm. And uh, I think uh, it works the other way around for a lot of people. They'll work eight months before they get the first deal and then it starts to really click. Like, right, right. For me. But um. I think the real distinction though that I got there that allowed me to do that next deal and every deal since then was understanding like one thing that you're saying is like as a beginner, don't go out and do this giant thing all by yourself. Right. But one thing you can do as a beginner is go out and find deals and get them under contract and recognize that you have really, you probably have more power than the money person in the equation now in hindsight that I look at because that's really the hardest part of the business, you know, is, is finding the deal is to get some discounted real estate under contract. There's no shortage of money in the system for a good deal. And uh, that's, that's kind of been my philosophy all along. And I'd come across or stumbled upon a, uh, a real estate investor who had 35 properties, actually the, what I was just talking about, the first thing in uh, Illinois, he had 35 properties. He had seen me at all the groups. I was selling other people's stuff and representing other stuff. I was very active and he just kind of saw me as the wheeler and the dealer guy doing a lot of faking it until I made it at that moment. But uh, I, I had fooled him and, uh, but he gave me a shot and he let me have those 35 properties under contract. And then I went out and I wholesaled each one of them individually. Um, as performing cash flowing assets to, to busy professionals here in, in Los Angeles and Orange County. And that really just kind of, that started everything. That type, that activity really kind of blew the whole business up. That is awesome. And you really did a great job of taking advantage of the opportunity. Those of us that live in LA and Orange County see housing prices, you know, I mean, my neighborhood, it's like a million dollars for a four bedroom, two bath, bread and butter type house, mm-hmm. and it might rent for 3000 a month. I mean, those numbers stink compared to other parts of the country. So mm-hmm. if you approach, you know, the doctors, the dentists, the lawyers, people with extra money, or even they don't have to be that wealthy, 
they get excited about buying a lower price home that far exceeds the 1% rule that some of us right. hear. So right. great opportunity, depending on where you live in this country. If you live in a high price market like here, the Bay Area, Seattle, I mean, there's lots of places that are getting expensive. There's your opportunity. You go find someone or find houses that are cash flowing opportunities and you network with people. They're going to be all over them. That's going to yeah. be yeah. good. I come to Noah, both coasts as the land of money. And then in the middle of the country is the land of cheap property. And yes. The person between those two things, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. You got to put the money in the middle, back in the middle of the country. Yeah. Investing right. in it. Right. So, yeah. Well, if you don't mind, share one of your lesson learning opportunity deals. If you've had any of those that you could sure. say where it didn't go as you expected. Yeah, there's one that's specifically, and there's, there's a few for sure. But you know what? I don't even know if they're, they're deals. And I'll, I don't know if I should say this first or the second. But it was uh, when I made the transition, because I'd had up to 300 of these cheap little houses uh, under my control. And I was doing very well. And, you know, just that I got really addicted to the passive income and then learning how to put other people's money to work there. And so we both benefit from that. And it was, it was I could just do it over and over and over again. And it got to a point where, a person in one of my markets brought me a property. It was a 14 unit building. And all I had up to this point were single family residences. And uh, they said, Hey, I've got this building. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, how hard could it be? It's just 14 houses underneath one roof. Right. And I should have gone back to my original uh, formula of finding that mentor that had done multifamily before. And, uh, it, it just turned out to be another business inside of the business of real estate. And it was something I didn't really, I thought I was smart enough. I thought I was kind of hot stuff at that moment because I'd had all these properties and had a little bit of an ego and went in with a little bit of arrogance and that really bit me in the butt. And, uh, you know, I actually just, I held on to that property for probably six years. just got rid of it about six months ago. And, uh, I never, ever made a dime on it. I rehabbed it probably three times at least. And, uh, it was just, a, it was a real pain in the butt, but I think the, the big lessons I got from there is one, you know, get educated before you actually go into something new, even if it's real estate, like the different asset classes, each have their own little nuances and, and different, uh, idiosyncrasies, I guess. So you, and they want to go deep before you go wide. Cause right after that 14 unit building, which was a big mistake is they brought me a 44 unit and a 50 unit and an eight unit, and a 12 unit. They all had seller financing involved. And so it was all very easy for me to acquire all of those. So now all of a sudden I had, you know, 150 extra units and feeling really good about myself that I could walk around town and say, Hey, I own these 150 <laughs> multifamily units in addition to these 300 houses. And, uh, hmm, what was the other big lesson there? I don't think the real estate, the real estate is actually pretty safe. I think it's the people you choose to work with is where the risk is really introduced. Um, if I look back and, I, and I've lost some so money in real estate for sure, but it's all been directly or indirectly related to the people involved, whether it was a bad contractor or a bad property manager. I don't think I've ever lost money because of the real estate itself. Hmm. So the big lesson there and what we've incorporated into our entire business now is we conduct as much due diligence on our team members as we do the real estate and maybe even more um, on, the, on our team members. That is really interesting and very powerful. I'm glad you said yeah. that. I mean, they got shows about it to catch a contractor, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's a thing out there. There's enough, enough uh, noise out there that they can make a TV show out of it, you know? 
Yeah. You know, I can tell you one of the guys that was on that show was one of my contractors <laughs> who I had fired. <laughs> really? There you go. Yeah. And then we saw him on that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had some issues with him too. Not as bad as some people did apparently, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting. Well, we're getting near the end of our all right. Showtime here. So I'd love to talk for just a couple minutes about our freebie that we're giving away. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about the epic lead machine download that we're going to give away on this um, episode? What sure. is it? It's, a, it's an architecture for our lead machine. Um, if you don't have leads and consistent leads, you really don't have a business. So we recognize that pretty early on. And so we put a system in place or just a framework in place that we can, uh, I guess, launch in any market and it works consistently. And it's like I said, it's an architecture and it's built on five principles. One, you got to know your role as, as a, a real estate investor, you're not so much an investor, you're more of a problem solver and a marketer, and then you get to do the investing. And so you have to know that part, you have to be able to identify the problems, because if you're not, you're not gonna find any discounted real estate unless you actually find a property owner that's got a problem, some sort of distress, uh, whether it's financial distress or personal distress, or the property itself is in distress. So you gotta be able to identify those types of problems, because they just don't stand on the, out on the corner and say, yo, I got a problem. You have to be able to find them. And uh, then three is you have to know what your solution is. Like, how can you help? You know, your role as a problem solver, you have to put your solutions together as far as how, how you're going to attract those people with problems so you can help them. And uh, then the next part is you just got to promote. You have to promote your solution in front of the people that have the problems. And that's how we generate leads. And then eventually uh, you take the fifth step is where you automate the process. So inside of that download, it walks you through that entire thing and how to do that for yourself. Fantastic. What a great, great little plan. And it sounds like it's laid out really well step by step. So great mm -hmm. for those of you that are considering jumping into this or you're in it and you feel like you need a little bit more direction and a plan. So you guys can go download that at hardhatholly.com forward slash 96. This is episode number 96. So hardhatholly.com forward slash 96. And you can also text hard hat with no spaces in between it hard hat all one word to the number 38470 that's you text it to 38470 just those five digits text the word hard hat and i will send you this download as well as our past downloads so matt how do people learn more about you or learn about working with you where do they go sure i guess the easiest place if, if you're listening to us right now then Everyone is uh, educated on how to find a podcast. So I've got a podcast, Epic Real Estate Investing. We just started our ninth year. And uh, if you want to go out there and get dirty inside of the investing side of things and buy real estate at a discount, learn how to sell it at a profit, and whether that's long-term or short-term or creating residual income from it, that's what we talk about there each and every week at uh, Epic Real Estate Investing. If you go to epicrealestateinvesting.com, if you dial that in on your phone, it'll open up your iPhone app right to our show. Very cool. And they can also go to epicrealestate.com for your website, right? That's the website, right? Yep. Great. So they can contact you through that site as well. They'd yep. like to learn about working with you and, and what you have to offer. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Matt. Why don't you give us your final words of advice, um, best advice, and we'll leave with some inspiring sure. words from you. All right. Um, I would say if you can do this one thing one time, 
you can get to financial independence faster than, than how 95% of the country is going about it. And that is just to shift your focus from saving piles of cash, shift that focus to creating streams of cash. And uh, mm. it's, it seems like it's a slower route. It's, it's a little boring. It's not nearly as exciting, but it's much faster than a flipping route. And uh, when you do that math, you'll see how that, that pans out. So that's what I'd say. There's my advice. Shift your focus it. from saving piles of cash to creating streams of cash and uh, financial freedom will be yours. Love it. That's so great. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you and your valuable time. And listeners, get out there and take some action. Connect with Matt at epicrealestate.com. And can't wait to hear about all your success stories. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.